From the age of 10, I always knew I wanted a tattoo. I used to go to the pub with my dad at weekends, and I'd see these geezers with spiders' webs and daggers and knives and mom and dad and all these things, and they just seemed like an, an act of defiance. And these were guys, they were sort of anti-establishment. You know, I probably had a problem with authority as a teenager, and, and, and probably still do now, and it's probably something I've suffered with all of my life. I wanted a tattoo because it, it was an act of defiance, and I wanted a tattoo for me. Despite countless misspelled quotes, lower back stamps and barbed wire on biceps, tattoos still feel like an act of rebellion. And sometimes, so much about supporting a modern football club feels a little bit like that too. It's funny, given that it's the most popular sport in the world and universally recognised as a mega money spinner for nearly everyone involved, football is a game where its most powerful figures seem oddly preoccupied with making you feel bad for liking it. Players are held up as role models by the media, only for the same media to be hell-bent on lashing them back down. Premier League teams pitch their price structures high and seem set on driving them even higher. Football's been used to demonise the working class for as long as most of us can remember. So why not go in for a little act of rebellion where you can? The gentrification of football goes beyond price hikes. The dusty upper echelons of management move in and seek to remove everything that made fans fall in love with the club in the first place. What makes a team profitable is its marketability and apparently you can't market local passion, history, culture and tradition. Many clubs have been completely rebranded, their cookie cutter approach flying in the face of many years of history. Now club logos and uniforms are so modern looking that there's barely any resemblance to nostalgic, iconic details ingrained in the minds of die-hard fans. The removal of the moving parts, the cultural machinations of a club, is key to flipping it like you would a cheap apartment, quickly gutted and repainted. We're living at a time of wide-scale disenfranchisement in modern football. This is a time when fans often cry out, whatever happened to my football club? But this is the sport we chose, the sport we love and a calf tattoo of a Chelsea Bulldog in a Lampard shirt, well, that lasts forever. We spoke to Aaron, a 26-year-old Arsenal fan and a 15-year season ticket holder, about his very particular tattoo. Hello. Hi, Aaron, it's Sam. Hi, Sam. How you doing, mate? Sorry, it's been so difficult to get hold of. No, that's, t- that's totally fine. I know these things happen. I had a dream and in this dream I got the tattoo as you've seen and I kind of woke up and just had this kind of burning desire that I should get it in real life and it was this exact I had this exact image of Arsene Wenger kind of circa 98 uh, double winning success the glory years in the glory years yeah it was kind of a real clear image of like it was him blue shirt red tie kind of Wenger glasses and he was riding on my dog my golden retriever which, yeah, so it's like my actual dog, which kind of sadly passed a few months ago. Yeah, I kind of woke up in the morning and just really strong desire to get it done. Fair. Whereabouts on your body is it, is it actually? It's on my, it's my right thigh. I was extremely close to my dog. Kind of everyone who knew me just thought it was pretty funny and it was quite fitting. Even though it's been a long time since Arsenal were as successful as Aaron's right thigh, he has no regrets. The nature of modern football leaves some fans looking back at the glory days, regardless if they were even alive to enjoy them in the first place. We spoke to James, a 31-year-old QPR fan from South London. His tattoo, the letters AMF, represents something many sympathise with. 
The Against Modern Football movement has split some fans, but it's focused on shunning the most zealously cold and capitalist plans of billionaire footy dilettantes is one that we can all respect. So I ended up getting the piece, um, I think about late 2015, and I was looking around for different tattoo artists online and that for, for absolutely ages, and I ended up coming across Rose Whitaker's work through a mate of mine, and I was really, really into it, and I, I sent her a message and ended up going to meet her at the tattoo place where she worked, and it was actually a lot easier because it turned out through bands touring and did, like going to similar gigs and that, we had some like mates in common, so that was like a really good icebreaker and it was particularly useful because when I first brought up the idea of doing a football tattoo, like she was not really into it at first, like partly because she was working on the Holloway Road at the time at a Haunted Tattoo Parlour and she was having like pissed up gooners coming in on a Saturday night being like, do like Terry Henry's like face on my ass or whatever. I guess against modern football designs have often got the uh, laurel wreath and the old school football. So I had the idea of having the wreath like framing the whole piece. But I ended up having a picture of my dog Jess recently passed away. She was a dog I uh, grew up with for 15 years. And I had her in the middle of that, like heading like an old school football in the middle of the design. And in the background, I had this like skyline idea which Rose put together. So. On one side, I had the skyline from White City, so I had BBC TV Centre. It was really like iconic building, it's, and it's near Loftus Road, the QPR plane, and it's where my parents were, it's where I grew up. It's where I still go, like, every time we're at home with my mum and dad and our, like, family friends. The football pitch in the background, I guess, as a context was supposed to kind of indicate that it didn't matter where I was living or where I went, that football was always going to be in the background for me. That was always going to be important to me. While the AMF tag seems torn between moaning old men and young Twitter lads arguing about who smuggled the most smoke bombs in their boxers, it's still an important umbrella term. So I guess why I ended up going for like an against modern football design that it means to me like things like how supporters organise against ticket hikes or restrictive policing, how you get treated as a football fan on away days by stewards and the police and often like particularly QPR's example against fighting against shitty like club ownership and the, the people who kind of don't treat the club as a community asset and ignoring the fans and that was increasingly important to me growing up and as I got more and more into the kind of I guess the back end of football and more knowledgeable about that and with my like dog being involved, I kind of wanted to try and make it a bit like tongue in cheek too. I guess overall, like I say, like the tattoos largely about like transition for me. I guess losing like my dog, I saw that as like losing a tie to my youth in a way, and um, but it also represented how like in that time and the older I got, how what football meant to me had like shifted. I guess in its meaning for me over the years. So I mean, I've always had like the same passion as a football fan since a kid and being taken to like Loftus Road by my mum and dad from when I was three really and I've never I've never stopped going but the older I got the more I examined like why it was I guess that I was so passionate about football and my club and I guess I kind of honed in that it was the community with a fan base and what the club meant to the community I grew up in and there were core like values to that which I felt were being eroded as football came more and more like overtly commercialised and and I guess it probably also has the significant meaning that I should probably, you know, lighten the fuck up a bit. 
just like the players that have used football to fight their way out of poverty since the game began. Millions of fans across the world have used the game as a way of dealing with their own problems. For one fan, a Liverpool supporter from Swansea, South Wales, even obvious reference points felt meaningful. He told us when his dad left his mum, he was listening to You'll Never Walk Alone a lot, the song played before games and sung during games by Liverpool Football Club. He said that football was pretty much the only good thing in his life at the time and the song just meant a lot to him and really helped him. So he got the most meaningful lyrics tattooed on his body. He got one line, walk on with hope in your heart. It was the part that used to lift him up more than anything at a point when his life was properly rubbish. He admits that people do take the piss, or else they tend to. His close mates often make jokes, which is fine, but otherwise, he says, people quite like it, even his mum. But sometimes football speaks to us on levels that we can't quite understand. The game thrives on tribalism, rivalry. The greatest nights of our lives have been soundtracked by glorious cheers, the worst by seething hatred. Even when we've agreed to not let football get to us, it gets to us. Some of us can't help but divide our friends into us versus them, blues or reds. Cities split, towns split, friendships split, families split, all over football. And then sometimes there are anomalies. In no other sport do people cheer so vehemently for their local team while still holding soft spots for others. Sometimes love makes no sense. Owen is a Liverpool fan in his late 30s, the man who opened this recording and whose choice of inspiration for a tattoo would come directly from his club's fiercest rivals, Manchester United. I didn't want it for show. I didn't want it for other people. I wanted it for me. So as soon as I was 16, I went over to the tattooist in Wolverhampton and I knew what I was having. Eric Cantona was a guy I really admired. I wasn't a Manchester United fan by any means, but I admired his fuck you attitude and his two fingers up to the world. And that Native American on his chest, I just knew that I wanted an approximation of that. I didn't have exactly the same tattoo because because that would be weird, a straight copy. And, and that's not what you do if you define, is it? So I had a similar tattoo and I had it on my left arm and I still love it now, 20 years on. I look at it a lot. I catch it in the mirror sometimes and I just see it and it reminds me of who I am and who I wanted to be and, and I suppose who I've become. And it's a weird thing really because I can look at it sometimes when I'm having a down day and, and I see it and it's there and it's proud and it's on my arm and it's, it's still a two fingers up to the world, two fingers up to all the people who said you can't do this and you can't do that. It's the whole of me. and I love it. I wouldn't change it for the world. Sometimes people forget football's supposed to be fun. While it can mean so much more to so many, it's entertainment. And tattoos are supposed to be fun too. Megan, an Arsenal fan from London, told us about her tattoo. A tiny little ASC on her inner forearm. I've wanted an Arsenal tattoo for ages, but I didn't really want it to be a traditional football tattoo. Uh, something boring would be, yeah, quite like a like shitty Tumblr tattoo aesthetic, I quite like. Yeah, so I got the tattoo in the summer of 2015. My best mate did it for me with a sewing needle and writing ink that we bought from like an art supply shop. Uh, and I was sat on my sofa, swigging a bottle of Prosecco, and she was smoking cigarettes as she did it. And then we got some sushi and bleached my hair. It was bad life decisions all around that night, but also great. During West Ham's final season at the Royal Stadium, the Berlin Ground, I spoke to fans lingering around the local social club to see what they thought of the club's imminent move to the Olympic Stadium. 
A gleaming airport of a ground with lots of seats and no soul. The bling ground had little else but soul. I met a man called Lee. He spoke fast and loose and wore a baseball cap and a cavalcade of club tattoos. It's what first caught my eye, the two tattoos of the club's most legendary football players right there on his calves. World Cup winning captain Bobby Moore on the right and Palo Di Canio for perhaps the first time ever on the left. As we chatted, people stopped to rub Lee's calves for good luck. He glowed with pride and bellowed irons, the club's nickname, thanks. I've shown him to Paolo down in Swindon, Lee told me proudly. His eyes lit up at being afforded the chance to talk about his hero again. He loves him, so that's all that matters to me, he said. In the end, tattoos can be about finding stability wherever you can at a time when life and football has never felt less stable. Wise names, band names, the scribbled logos of cartoon characters, all removable. Control the things you can control, the saying goes. We spoke to nobody who's ever even thought about removing their football tattoo. These are people that wear their heart on their sleeve and their love for the game on their skin. <laughs>